and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hello, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And I think we're all um, sleepy today, so... For a bunch of different reasons. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have completely separate reasons for being very sleepy. And you know what? That's just, uh, that's just the kind of episode you're going to get today, I guess. Uh, Kelso, why are you sleepy? Uh, stayed up late watching movies we watched um we watched the the new sopranos movie the the many saints of newark surprisingly very good uh i thought it was gonna be terrible <laughs> so <laughs> pleasantly surprised like yeah. how when you're hungry everything tastes good i feel like when you have really low expectations movies are a lot better <laughs> yeah it probably um also helped that we were we were definitely drinking last night. <laughs> so your opinion may not be uh, entirely. Um... I don't know. I feel like it's 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 difficult to say whether or not I'm just going to be really into something or uh, whether or not I'm going to be unnecessarily harsh. Uh, just like the media mean streak. It's, you know. But no, I think I think it's I think it's actually I, I I we enjoyed it so okay yeah as someone who has like literally zero in- interest in that franchise I will take your word word for it so yeah yeah you know um, I am sleepy because uh, the DLC for Outer Wilds came out recently and so we went over to a friend's house to play it with them. Uh, it's the same people that we beat the the full game with, uh, and so we were playing it like we we must have played like seven or eight hours yesterday. We played a long time. Wait, um, how, how much of D, how much DLC is there in that in that it, DLC? It's a, it's it's practically a whole like sequel. It's there's a lot of content uh, oh, cool. in this DLC. It's it's very good so far, um, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, I wasn't even there that late. We didn't stay up that late. But then, like, my brain was churning over some of the puzzles. And I, like, woke up with, uh, at, like, 2 a.m. Like, oh, I think I figured out how we're going to get to that place we've been trying to get to. And uh, then I couldn't sleep because my brain was just working through a bunch of puzzles. So. That's great. Always the DLC. So far, it's great. I am really uh, enjoying it a lot. It has a it has a, um, a a no spooks mode, so there's some stuff in it that's a bit spooky, and there's a mode where you can turn down how spooky it is. Interesting. Yeah, I know my roommate played it, but and he recommended it, but said it was like you go to the same place a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it is literally within the um within the world of Outer Wilds like it's a it's a new location that you can visit so you know all the content is at that location um but they do a lot with what they have um and i i'm like i said we're not done yet so it remains to be seen um if it sticks a landing but it it feels like more outer wilds <laughs> it actually feels like uh, Outer Wilds with like a, a sprig of mist 
on it, right? Like a little, a little zest of mist. Um, it has a certain mist vibe that is kind of cool. Um, that I'm I'm enjoying a lot. So I'll uh, I'll let you know more once we finish it. Um, if I feel like it, uh, the end lives up to the middle. But yeah. you know, like I said, I woke up at two a.m. <laughs> like with the brain churning puzzles on it so and carl why are you sleepy oh boy um we were game jamming yeah and uh we're not anymore because i mean we did like a basic thing and then we decided none of us had any fun with it oh well i mean that's not a bad reason to stop so yeah no, no point. No point in working on something just for the sake of being working on it if you're not enjoying it, especially if you have to like push yourself to not sleep. Yeah, and then uh, I took a nap instead and uh, ignored my al- alarms and woke <laughs> up ten minutes ago. For for anyone wondering, we are recording this podcast slightly later than we usually do. Yeah, we were on, I, I mean, Kyla and I were ready to just, like, call it a day and go back to bed, both of us, so <laughs> we, we would not have been disappointed if you just decided to get your, your good night's sleep, but here here he is. Here but he is, I, am, I am excited to talk about this game that we're going to talk about, um, yeah. especially before before we forget it for another week, so, yeah. uh, so that's good. Anybody been playing anything else interesting? I finally started playing Psychonauts. Yay! And then I started playing Kina, Bridge of Spirits, instead. <laughs> is that a, is that a, a vote on how good Kina is or how bad Psychonauts is? Like, Psychonauts is good, but it, it very much feels like a sequel to Psychonauts. But yeah. it hasn't been like one or two years. It's been like twenty years. It's yeah, it's great because the sequel has been such a long time coming and it takes place uh three days, I think, after the first game and like hours after the, the little VR game that they made a few years yeah. back. Um which is it's a bold choice definitely... to include a VR game as canon. Yeah. 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 Um which I keep thinking I need to play, but yeah, I have I have been um I haven't been playing Psychonauts too, but I have been watching a a let's play that's in like coming out in forty minute increments on YouTube. <laughs> so that person is about like halfway through the game, um, and there's mm-hmm. definitely some stuff in it that is very like childish humor that feels a lot more like from the time it came out, uh, for sure. Um, but I have I have been impressed at how how much more seriously they're taking the metaphors in this one, because the last one it felt like they just designed a bunch of wacky levels and then retroactively like slapped some characters into the narrative to house those levels, whereas it in yeah. this one it seems a lot more like. They thought about who the character was and what, how they could portray what they were going through and what the, how they were thinking, like as a metaphor, and built the level around the character instead of vice versa, which is pretty cool. I respect that. 
Yeah, they're like I I always think about the only level that I really feel like pulls that off in um <clears throat> in the first game is the um the what is it called the the milkman like suburban paranoia um level which is probably my favorite in the first game um but yeah it it in that one like i'm not sure who that character is supposed to be other than a crazy person right like yeah yeah which yeah it is just like a completely throwaway character if i remember correctly yeah. it's been a long time since i played the first game but Man, that's a good level. Yeah, like, um, yeah it, it, come, it it ends up with some great levels. Like, I don't know if any of the levels in Psychonauts mm -hmm. 2 are going to be as, like, creative and bizarre as the, uh, is that one? I guess the only one that I feel like really is trying to address people's issues uh, in the first game is sort of the, the meat circus at the very end, where it's like, this is kind of about their respective childhood traumas and issues with their dad. Um, and it's like, okay. Uh, and yeah. this is a lot more of that, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But how's, uh, how's I Kina? Actually... I, I know very little about that game. I've seen, like, maybe one trailer or something like that. So, it's super gorgeous. Yeah. At sometimes. It's, it's like playing a Pixar movie. I mean, that's a, you... that's a strong endorsement and, and like i expected like the classic things that goes with those games where like it's pretty bad performance and like maybe not so interesting gameplay and uh yeah the performance is pretty unstable but the gameplay is really really fun okay maybe i'll have to like put that on my to-do list not that I need any more games for my to-do list. Holy crap, there's so many good games coming out right now. I know. Yeah. It's such a problem. Uh, like, speaking of which, yeah. uh, Asher's game Beast Breaker just dropped. Um, and uh, I've been playing the hell out of that. That one's a lot of fun. It's basically like a Peggle RPG. So what's not to love about that? Nice. Yeah, that's that's on my list. I've got God, my list is uh I've got so many games that I want to play and just no time. <laughs> yeah, it's like so many things. Outer Wilds DLC, the next chapter of Delta Rune has come out. Um I'm not I gonna hear... play that until they've released the entire game. So I'm probably that's... probably never gonna play it. I mean that's fair. I think like the first one was fun. Uh or you know the first chapter was fun but it um i don't know it lacks some of the well i was gonna say it lacks some of the charm of the original but when i think back to like my original reaction to the first one i didn't really get very into the game until it's like really fantastic endings um so maybe this you know it's also possible that because of the long form storytelling this one just kind of hasn't hit its stride yet, so who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I played the first chapter when it came out, and I haven't played the second one yet, and I'm not sure if I'm going to, or if I'm gonna wait. But I, I just, I remember the first chapter. It felt like it felt like the vibe was different, yeah, than Undertale. Um, which you know, I might that might just be like my memories are clouded from. 
all of the years that have passed. Um, how well, like four years, four years at this point. Yeah, I don't also, know. like um, it's, Undertale was kind of a lightning in a bottle thing. It's real hard to do that twice. Um, so, yeah. like, I was I was expecting that Delta Rune is never going to quite live up to Undertale anyway. So, unless they pull off something like super intense for the uh, you know that it for how it wraps up, I think it's just going to be you know. A charming but not as good Undertale. Like, honestly, at this point, I feel like uh, Toby Fox doesn't need to live up to Undertale because Toby Fox basically is directly responsible for uh, the Western release, like, official localization of Moon Remix RPG, and that's a big enough footprint apart from making games, (laughs) like, I don't know. I think about that a lot, and it's pretty nuts. Is that game good? It's it's supposed to be good. It's it's um I don't know if you played like Tulip or um I've seen Tulip. <sighs> it's it's from the same like group of developers and there's there's like several other guys who've made other games um that are like I'm totally blanking on right now. But um now now I feel like an idiot because I can't remember like these other people who are involved in their other games, but Tulip is the one that I know for sure. Um I wanna say one of the guys who worked on Chibi Robo was also involved, but that might be some that might be a different thing. But yeah, it's just part of this like weird cabal of uh like Japanese devs who make kind of weird, interesting stuff. <laughs> And it's, I mean, from what I've, I haven't played it, from what I've seen of it, it looks like it would be really up my alley. But again, too many, too many freaking games to play for me right now. So that's, and that's not a high priority. And you guys, I do want to get that. You have a game coming out that both of you backed on Kickstarter coming up, right? Mm -hmm, That's the sweary game. Oh, that one. Okay. I was going to say, like, I haven't heard of this game at all, but you guys probably told me about that and I just forgot. Yeah, so that one's coming out. Um, the Long Dark Chapter 4 is coming out. Uh, Big House Flipper DLC coming out. Uh, the sequel to Judgment came out uh, like a couple weeks ago. New, um, no, like a week new, ago, week and a half. Alan Wake coming out. The Alan Wake remaster, yeah. New oh, Life um, is Strange I've been meaning to play. Yeah. it's We're, we're into fall. Yeah. We're into the holiday yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> there's just been a pocket of, a pocket of excellent games. <laughs> Yep. What are you going to do? Spend a lot of time gaming, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Also, oh, also a Valheim update dropped. No big deal. The Hearth and Home update. Man, I, I, I still haven't played Valheim and it's like, it looks fun, but I don't know how much time I would put into it. Yeah, it's... As like a solo player, it's uh as a as I think I probably said last time it came up, it's kind of a happy medium between Minecraft and Terraria in a lot of ways. Like it has a lot of the mm-hmm. fun three D building aspects of Minecraft, but it has this sort of um, combat progression style stuff of Terraria. Um, and you're Vikings, yeah. so you know you can build a longboat and sail around the. Uh, the world and fall off the edge if you're not careful. Oh god, you could fall off the edge? I mean, it's a, it's a, the world is a flat disk, so apparently, I have not done this myself, but apparently you can, uh, you can boat to the edge and fall off it. It's one of the only ways to, like, permanently lose all your stuff. 
Oh, that's amazing. I'm amazed that they made the decision to let you fall off the edge of the earth. <laughs> that's that's really something. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, so we have a we have a server going and it's been a little empty lately because we've all been playing all these other games, but so yes. oh, many things. I know. <sighs> At least that one's free, so yeah. Although I think Delta Rune, I assume, is probably also free. The first one was. So Yeah, I think the next chapter um whenever that comes out is gonna start being paid um if if i'm remembering correctly yeah well i mean you know <laughs> he deserves to make money off games that he makes and sells like that's fine yeah <laughs> can't can't yeah, live off undertale absolutely. royalties forever probably could but shouldn't you have to could. yeah you probably could <laughs> yeah all right Shall uh, we talk about the game that we played for the podcast this week? Yeah, we can talk about that. That seems like a good thing to talk about. Um, I don't know. I don't think we said who's going to intro uh, it. It was, uh, it one was of us you last to. time, but uh, I can probably pull it up real quick. Oh, okay. I can just do it. We played Going Under um, from Agro Crab. Yes. Publ- uh, published by Team 17. Yes. I knew there was like... A... A uh, corporate dystopian uh, comedy-ish dungeon crawler. Dungeon crawling roguelike. Yeah, roguelike. Um, That's the word I missed. Yeah, and Agro Crab is a uh, is a local Seattle team, so you know, go Seattle Indies. But uh, yeah, it was. I I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I was going to, and a lot more than I liked it at the start. Um, I, at first, I was kind of felt like I was slogging through it, but it sort of grew on me as I was playing it. Um, I think the the humor and the aesthetics went a long way on that for me. Like, I don't know if I would have uh, if I would have finished it if it weren't just like so cute and weird. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely. Definitely, like, more hardcore than I was expecting it to be. There um, is an assist mode, which I did not end up having to turn on, but I all I, I it occurred to me a couple times that, like, should I just turn on assist mode and, like, not do this thing again? But. Yeah. It's tempting, but I looked at, I mean, I looked at the options and it's like, I mean, I guess if you turn everything on, you would be semi-invincible but on its own apart from getting like uh, however many extra hearts you can get it seems like a lot of the stuff is like almost too specific to be of any help on its own but i interesting what's what are some of the the options um so it was extra hearts i think one of them was um increased weapon durability was one i think there was one that uh there was like an invulnerability period. I don't remember if it was like after taking damage or if it gave you invulnerability on like dodge rolling. It, it was it was some like invulnerability period that they give you more of. And I think there were others, but those are the ones I remember seeing off the top of my head. Actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the weapon durability probably would have been super helpful. Yeah, um, if you find something really good, you can just keep using it. Yeah. I was I was very precious about 
um, any any good weapon I found got saved until the boss room. For once, I wasn't. Like, I... In every other game I am, in this one, the weapons break so frequently, and there are so many of them all over the place, that for the most part, I just... I just did whatever I had was best in my inventory at the time and ran with it. Um... Not always, like not if I was getting close to the boss and I was like, I had a weapon that had a ranged attack. I was like, I might save like the ranged stuff for the bosses because almost all of them are pretty vulnerable to range. Yeah, I, I found myself really favoring a few different weapon types and completely eschewing all of the other, like basically anything that you could swing, um, in an arc. Yeah. I really liked the hockey sticks and the double hockey yep. sticks. Yes. It's probably my favorite weapon. The hockey um, sticks were amazing. And like, Agreed. Were yeah, and, and swords and clubs. But I hated anything that was like pokey. I felt like I never really got the hang of a lot of the ranged weapons, depending on like what the projectiles were mm -hmm. like. Um, I really had, I had, I definitely, I definitely had favorites. Yeah, I um, didn't, I didn't like the ranged weapons that had slow moving projectiles, but I really liked the ranged weapons that have uh fast moving projectiles or like things that sort of attack in a line like the uh the guitars that one that one two-headed yeah, guitar gu yeah the guitars were good the guitars were very good i did like those uh so we should probably um, give context <laughs> for people listening yeah <laughs> um, so the premise of this game uh <clears throat> is that you uh you live in neo cascadia which is the Pacific Northwest that has seceded for some reason from the rest of the U.S. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of mentioned in the background. It's not really the focus of the story. Um, yeah. And you are an unpaid intern um, who broadly works for a giant corporation called Cubicle um, for their sort of temp program. Um, Cubicle is basically like an Amazon uh like parody where they their whole thing is they developed like box based services and like delivery drones uh and their whole big thing is that cubicle uh funds a bunch of other startups like they are a startup funding platform and so uh what, what as an unpaid intern what they do is they find you a placement with one of the many startups that they own. Uh, and in your case, it, the startup is Fizzle, which is a um, sparkling water meal replacement uh, product. Yeah, to me, to me, it read like carbonated Soylent, yeah. which, I mean, I've never had Soylent, but that sounds like the vilest shit I can conceive yeah, of exactly. in my tiny brain. Uh, you can there's a there's a route you can go down where you actually get cans of fizzle and the flavors that are involved are magical. There's like uh, yeah. melatonin molasses and uh, habanero wasabi um, uh, hot dog water um, uh, shark fin palm um, <laughs> There's uh there's just some there's some real good uh there's some real good oh uh extreme sour potato. Oh god, yeah. I it's um uh, one of the characters that you meet that you work with at Fizzle is um Fern who is the flavor developer. 
And bless bless his heart, Fern is a, a lovely boy. He's but an artist. Something's 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 going on with that man. Yep. He's got some issues. Yeah. He's in he's in it for the flavors. Uh he's in it for the flavors. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so you meet uh all of the sort of members of Fizzle. There's Fern, the flavor guru who's like in it for the flavors, who is one of the co founders of Fizzle. Um there's the uh, utterly irresponsible CEO. Is, is his name Ryan? I think it's Ray. Ray. I, yeah, I think Ray. Ray. I think you're right. Yeah, uh, I knew it was something with an R. Um, so yeah, Ray, you're you're like entirely irresponsible CEO who has clearly like read some books on startup management and has no conception of like how leadership works basically and also spends yeah. like all the money on incredibly frivolous things like ice sculptures for company parties parties yeah yeah um there's kara kara the um the very caustic and antisocial programmer who uh the deck is always stacked against her because of I mean, I guess she's the only programmer, so yeah. uh, everything basically falls on her, and all of the things that she has to do are stupid. Yeah, she she the app, the app and the website are the, her like two sort of domains. Um, I, mm -hmm. don't ask what the app for Fizzle does, um, other than track which flavors of Fizzle people are drinking, but. Uh... Yeah, she's also very anti-technology. She's all like, you know, don't buy new smartphones because they're full of spyware and everyone's spying on you and like don't trust uh, AIs and which is remarkably true to a lot of technology people that I know. So, yep. I yep, I live with I live with an IT guy. Um I I live it every yeah, day. Yeah, tech people are some are often some of the most anti-technology people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's Tappy, who's the, oh, Kara also has an adorable little wiener dog that is Eclair, Eclair who is very, very cute. Um, yeah, there's, so there's Tappy, who is the, um, the accountant, uh, who's, like, her whole thing is, like, she's constantly trying to remain cheerful in the face of, like, incredible odds. Uh, because clearly, like, her whole thing is, you know, she she tells the product manager about the fact that they're not, uh, they're not in budget and what they need to do to stay in budget, and he tells Ray, and then nothing happens. And everything it gets ignored, and the money gets spent on ice sculptures. Yeah. Yep. So she's kind of high-strung. Yeah, she's very high-strung. There is um, Swamp. I love Swamp. Who... Uh, I don't know what Swamp's function is. He's the barista. Um, but I He's like He's the him. barista at the the company has its own built-in uh, fizzle bar, like bar cafe. Oh right. And he yeah, he runs the bar cafe there. Swamp yeah. with an O. Swamp with an O. He is um, perpetually super chilled out. Yep. And also may or may not be the main character's father. Spoilers. I don't wait. Really? Did I miss Did you... that? You have to. You text? have to max out his mentorship level. <laughs> oh, okay. Out. I didn't do that. Then. Um, if you, if you, uh, so 
each of these characters can be um, your mentor, which just means you take side quests from them, basically. Um, and the, the more you do side quests for them, the more mentorship levels you gain with them. And you can equip any person as your mentor, and then you get special bonuses based on who your mentor is. Like, for instance, if Fern is your mentor, then you get cans of fizzle that appear in the... Uh, um, in, in the dungeons, dungeons uh, yeah. instead of apps. Uh, but, and when you max out uh, any given uh, mentor, you get their business card. And when you max out Swamp, you learn that his last name is the same as yours. Uh, and he, he oh. writes on the card uh, that uh, he, something like, I, th I guess now is the best time to tell you uh, I'm actually your dad. I'm sorry that I like had to leave you, but I had to go fight for uh, for Neo Cascadia in the war. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit! Like, it's it's very yeah, it's weird. And he's like, you know, like I hope you can forgive me for leaving you and your mom. <laughs> and like, wow, what the which hell? I don't know if I believe that or not. But uh, it's pretty out there. It's such a bizarre thing. Yeah, actually, I don't, because there's what four levels for every uh, three, um, three levels. But there's like the, for levels. the first one, it's like one side quest. For the second level, it's two side quests, and for the third level, it's three mm -hmm. side quests. So it's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think I actually max. I think I got a bunch of them to level two, and I didn't max any out because a lot of the like quests that you had to do were kind of annoyingly tedious and I just didn't want to deal with it despite the potential benefits of maxing them yeah, out. Yeah, there I I got a lot of the ones that you can just sort of get by doing a lot of runs um where it's you know like he'll kill yeah. this many enemies like with fire or whatever um where it's like well eventually if I do enough runs I'm just going to get that um but then I did. Yeah, see, I had I had the one hanging out in my quest log forever that was killed like ten enemies with only your bare hands, and I'm like, I'm never doing yeah. that. That ain't happening. Nope. Yeah. So. Um, and then towards the end, I started focusing on some of them because it was getting really hard, and some of the high level perks are really nice. So I did end up maxing out both swamp and fern. Um. Mm. Fern is good is great in early game, especially when you're getting used to um kind of his uh whatchamaface. Um when you're when you're getting used to the dungeons generally and you're uh you know losing a lot of health and dying a lot. Because <laughs> one of his middle level mentorship uh abilities is he packs you a lunch. <laughs> He's like, listen, you shouldn't like Fizzle is a meal replacement, but you shouldn't be having fizzle for every meal. You need to have, like, a nutritious lunch. So he packs you a little bento box, uh, and it's a healing item that you can take with you into the dungeon, and uh, three times you can, like, throw it against a wall or otherwise damage it for it, and it will drop a one-heart healing item. Um, so, mm. like, it's three hearts worth of healing is real valuable in this game you yeah. start with i think yeah, three is. hearts of of health at the beginning mm -hmm. of the game so yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> and he also had he also had another one let's see fern going under mentorship levels um he had another one that i ended up uh 
that I ended up um, using a lot. What was it? Um, oh, maybe not. Um, yeah, all of his other stuff is related to cans of fizzle uh, in the dungeon. And I actually really liked the cans of fizzle because they're all just area effects that have um, some, usually some status quality. So, like, the extreme sour potato is a, like, shockwave uh, attack in a radius around you. There's one that, like, is a is a one-heart heal plus a blast wave. There's uh, one that uh, freezes everyone. That's uh, Cool Ranch. Uh, cool Ranch Fizzle uh, freezes everyone. And you can uh, pick up the frozen enemies and use them as weapons <laughs> while they're frozen. Oh, nice. Um, so that's, I think, one of his quests, uh, or one of someone's quests, is uh, kill a frozen, kill an enemy with a frozen enemy. That makes sense. I think, let's see, I I leveled up um, Tappy because you get the first perk or her first mentorship level just gets you more money <laughs> from everything you kill, which is very helpful. And then her second perk, I think, is. Um, there's a it's it's cubicle primo amazon yeah. prime like you know it, it it gives you basically a second shop that you can order from um yeah that, there's just a to shop get more more helpful there's items. A, each each level because this is a roguelike each level has procedurally generated rooms there's three levels per dungeon uh for most dungeons uh and each one has a few rooms, including a shop where you can buy things along your run that are not permanent, but they're just, uh, you know, a thing that um, that helps you out for that particular run. And a lot yeah, of times it's like it's health usually, and stuff. Yeah, there's usually like a couple of healing items. One um, skill. A, a skill and like weapons. Yeah. Or like a weapon. Yeah. Um, just yeah, so having having enough then... money to like buy some extra health can be really really useful. Yeah, and then and then Kara's <clears throat> Kara's um, mentorship is all like app stuff. Yeah, I think he you lets you like have an extra app that gives you uh, an app store in the dungeon also where you can just buy apps and they're all like five five dollars mm -hmm. or whatever the unit of currency is, yeah. which is uh, not a lot, and the apps uh, tend to be pretty useful. Not always, but a lot of them are pretty yeah. useful or very I, useful. I didn't, because I was running Fern for so long, I didn't really get into apps towards the end. And But when I did, I was like, oh, some of these are actually really good. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. I mostly, towards the end, I mostly ended up uh, running Swamp. Um, I think Swamp might be the best mentor. <laughs> um, Swamp has some amazing abilities. So... His first level ability is uh, shoplifting, where you you can talk to him in the shop and he will randomly give you one of the shop items for free. <clears throat> uh, you don't get to pick which one, but like a lot of times, like all the stuff in the shop is usually good. So, and you can also go and like buy some of like a few of the other ones if you really want to like get narrow down the odds of him getting you one of the more expensive things. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, shoplifting is, uh, an amazing skill, morally dubious, but very useful. Um, second level is, uh, swamp cubes, 
So these are like the boxes that Cubicle drops in the in the dungeons, which normally contain like good, you know, money and good like weapons and uh, sometimes skills, depending on it. Uh, Swamp's cubes uh, don't get dropped by drones. They just appear randomly in rooms. Um, and they always have like a pretty good weapon that is almost completely destroyed. That's like two hits away from breaking. Um, which is really good when it's uh, a whatchamaface, um, a ranged weapon, because then you can still use all the ammo before it breaks uh, and then throw out the, the weapon. Yeah. Uh, the third power, third level, um, oh no, you're right, they do have four levels each. I was thinking they only have three. I guess they have four levels each. Uh, third level is um, Homies. Um, in case it's not obvious, Swamp is kind of like a stoner character. <laughs> he's he's sort of a yeah weird weird chill guy. So Homies is um, you get one to three random ally monsters per floor of the dungeon that just join your party, which is great. Um, and yeah. yeah, and then the final level is Swamp's chill out zone which is on the middle floor of each dungeon, a special room will appear where you can go into, like, Swamp's little room and hang out with him and, like, eat snacks. And that fully heals you and gives you some kind of bonus perk, like um, enemies take longer to notice you when you enter a room or your homies have more health, things like that. Uh, Damn. I wish I hadn't slept on Swamp. Yeah, Swamp, real good. <laughs> that kicks ass. Wow. And from what I remember, his his uh, side quests weren't even, like, the hardest ones to fulfill. Like, a lot of them were really weird uh, and, like, not something that you would end up doing normally over the course of things. But they weren't, if you, like, took the time to do it, they weren't that hard. Um, but, yeah, Swamp, real good mentor. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so the dungeons, um, the as you you arrive from marketing internship, but rather than doing any marketing, your uh, the project manager Marv, who's the one character in the company who can't be your mentor, because um, he's a jerk, uh, is yeah. tells you to go down into the basement and fight the monsters that keep coming up, because uh, it turns out that whenever a cubicle uh startup goes under it sinks down underground and becomes uh everybody working there becomes monsters and it becomes like a horrible dungeon um so you get to journey through three um startup themed uh little roguelike dungeons the first one is a uh like job board app called joblin um, where the, the premise of the job, uh, of the app is that with most job apps, like, uh, there are a bunch of jobs that stay, uh, undone because they're like dirty work that nobody really wants to do. And they're not really paid that well for, for the kind of like tediousness or annoyingness of the job. Uh, so Joblin solves that problem by not letting you see any of the details of the job until you've, uh, accepted it. That way, the jobs are distributed evenly. 
And also a lot of the theming around um Joblin reminded me a lot of like like Fiverr fucking like hustle culture. Yeah. Which is uh, gig, like gig economy yeah. shit. Which there's is one there's bad. one enemy in there that's like specifically like a rideshare driver. Um, it's yeah. yeah. So that's like that one's like parodies of the gig economy. Uh, the second one is dating app parodies. It's called Winky Dink, where the idea is that it's a dating app where you're only allowed to communicate via emoji, which mm-hmm. is kind of an amazing concept. Um, that one's full of, so the first one's obviously for, full of little goblins. Uh, the second one is full of demons. Uh, and then the third one is yeah. a cryptocurrency <laughs> app, uh, called Stixcoin, uh, which is full of skeletons. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. that there's anything I... special about, like, there's rumors that if you collect enough Stixcoin, you can, it can raise you from the dead. But pretty much, it's just straight up cryptocurrency. Like they don't even bother to put anything else on it. With, with a a, a like, uh, literal mining theme. Yeah. Like the 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 skeletons are actual like skeleton miners with pickaxes and little hard hats with lights yeah. on them. Um, was sticks was the sticks coin dungeon supposed to be the third one you did? Because it's the third one that opens. Is I it? think so. I thought I. Well, I thought yeah, was I, think I thought I did it second. I think they're both open at the same time. Are they? Oh, okay. Cause, well, yeah, because I did I did Stixcoin second, and then I went back to Winky Dink and was like, wow, this one's a lot easier than Stixcoin. Um, I think they... So I wasn't sure if I was I did them order. in the same order as Kyla. But, like, I noticed that the, it was open before I finished the second one. Yeah, I think it's like you have to do a certain number of runs in some of the previous dungeons in order to open the next ones. And it might be that, like, you can open both of them just by doing enough Joblin runs. Oh, that so, might have been it. Because I, I did I did several runs of Joblin, because at the very beginning I was pretty gung-ho about doing, like, the side quest stuff. So I did a bunch of runs in Joblin before I moved on. So that's probably... So that's you probably, probably ended up with both of them open. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think Winky Dinks is technically the second one. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But there, the 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 man, the Sticks Coin one feels like the most bitter of the parodies. <laughs> to me, yeah. like there's some really like pointed and very harsh, um, like parody stuff in that. Which, uh, you know, I I get, I feel that. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, they're, they're, they all have kind of their own kind of cute, cute things. There's a, the enemies in Winky Dink are like, um, it's like a, a big himbo demon and like a little, uh, like flirty demon girl who ghosts you by like vanishing and appearing somewhere else. And Yeah, um, there's. Uh, a a weapon that you can pick up in Winky Dink that is just the eggplant emoji. The weapon is called low hanging yeah. fruit. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's some like really good cute humor in this game. I appreciated a lot of it. Um, the and each each of the three dungeons also has like themed uh like challenge rooms. Um, in Joblin, it's a um. Like, if you take the job, then you a bunch of enemies appear in the room, and you have to defeat them as fast as possible. Um, in Winky Dink, it's, like, uh, 
you can choose one of three. You can like swipe right or left on three choices of boss enemies. And if you beat them with taking like one or zero damage, then they become an ally for you. Like it's like successful date. Um, and they'll mm-hmm. fight on your side uh, until they run out of health. And then in Sticks Coin, there's ones where like uh, a bunch of money appears and you have to like collect as much of the money and and or money from beating the enemies in the room as fast as possible. Um, but overall, yeah. the the general pre- the general flow is like you you come down to a level. Um, it's a semi linear uh, series sequence of rooms. There's a shop somewhere. There's a room somewhere that um, gives you a choice of one of two skills that you can equip. Uh, and if you equip a skill a certain number of times, it becomes uh, an endorsed skill, which means you can pin it, and a pinned skill is a skill that you start the dungeon with, so you can have up to one skill <laughs> that you you get every single time because you start the dungeon with it. Um, there's a curse room where there's a room where you can take a debuff for a certain amount of time in order to get uh, some immediate rewards. Usually it's like a skill, a healing item, and a weapon or or similar. Um mm-hmm. There's a there's like a copy room which has blank business cards, which are a special weapon that deals fifty damage. It's a one shot weapon. It's got a very slow wind up, but it deals fifty damage, which is like most weapons deal in the range of like two to eight. Um, mm-hmm. And if you kill an enemy with it, then they become a business card, and you get their business card. Yeah, it just it it fills out your little like your codex yeah, your little of of monsters. Yeah, yeah, Rolodex. Uh, is um, there any rooms I'm missing? I feel like there's rooms I'm missing. Um, yeah, so do I, but I can't remember what. I'm probably thinking of like you know the rooms that get added later. Um, as you like you know the the, the perk rooms. Um. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's. Yeah, and then you get to the yeah, then you get to the end of the room, and you um, there's like a special room that you have to fight in order to open the way down to the next floor, and then you go down to the next floor and do it all again. And uh, after three levels, there is a boss floor, and you fight the boss. And the boss design is really good in these. Like the 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 actual combat is sort of like you know it's fine, it's serviceable, but I just really like the sort of visual design of uh of a lot of them the caffeine being probably my favorite he's the joblin boss yeah so it's the caffeine who is you know a a perpetually caffeinated like giant ogre type of man um the winky dink boss is Hoverhand, which is like two hand emojis and a like a, a floating like demon mask um, which turns out to just be a slime yep. wearing the mask. And the um, predictably, the sticks coin boss is just another skeleton. They're all just yeah, skeletons. He's like a skeleton wizard. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a skeleton uh, reaper. Like he's like the ferryman of the river sticks type guy. But he's also like, you know, he's covered in bling and he has a baseball cap and he's just real cringe. He's a, yeah, he's a tech yeah. guy. Skeleton. Oh boy. Um. So yeah. Uh. I guess like spoilers ahead for uh, 
a lot of the storyline stuff in in the game but uh you so as you go through you're collecting these like artifacts that each of the boss has and it turns out marv is trying to use you to collect the artifacts so he can do uh a ritual that will make uh fizzle immune from going under <laughs> which it's clearly going to because ray is irresponsible as fuck um yeah so rather than you know like getting ray under control he's like i'll do black magic um so you get all the things, um, then you go into the um, co-working space, which is like a special dungeon um, with a bunch of floors. And you fight Marv, and uh, Marv uh, is defeated, and then Fizzle goes under and turns into and a... a and Marv, by the way, is like super ripped and fights you, duels you with katanas. Yeah. You get a katana and he gets a katana. Uh, is he super ripped in the katana fight or is that when you fight him later? I that don't he's super remember. Ripped? I think he's super ripped in the katana fight. But yeah, it was um <laughs> an interesting, an interesting Yeah, he's very, uh, very, I studied the way of the blade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's tough too because uh, he's real he fast. Super fast, yeah. And wouldn't wouldn't you believe um, when when Marv because Marv is middle management, as it always seems to happen, um, when the rest of the company gets fucked, Marv somehow gets promoted. Yeah. Um, he goes up to cubicle, while the rest of you turn mm -hmm. into a fish themed dungeon. Uh, not the main character, I assume, because she's not paid, so she's technically not a part of the company. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But everybody else gets uh, gets turned into fish monsters. Uh, and so the only way that you can um, unturn everybody from fish monsters is if Fizzle gets funded again. Uh, which, to do that, you have to go up and appeal to the board of directors. The only way to get to the board of directors is by combining all of the shares of, like, getting enough shares of Fizzle that uh, you, you know, count as an investor and you can uh, get up there. Uh, and you basically do that by just beating a harder version of each of the three dungeons. They basically upgrade, like bump up all the dungeons and you do them all again. Um, yeah, so then you get to the top and there's a level where it's uh, you're fighting Cubicle. Uh, and you get to fight with the members of all of the dungeons that you've fought so far, which the entire, like, as soon as the game started and we were going through Joblin and I kind of realized what the premise was, I'm like, so when do we get to unionize, right? Like, like yeah. th these guys are in just as shitty a situation as I am. Like, can we, can we just unionize? So it's nice that there's yeah. sort of a unionized level at the end. Yeah, if it, it was, uh. It felt real nice, just like rolling up in the room with all of your little demon and goblin friends. Yeah, um, yeah. that was a good. That was a good session. Yeah. Um, so and and some of the so you fight a bunch of like cubicle drones. Oh, I guess we forgot to mention Avi. Avi is also a character that like hangs out in the office. Avi is the cubicle AI that manages your company's marketing, um, and is not great at her job, but like is an AI not so and is from a cubicle so there's nothing you can really do about her yeah like AV is directly the reason well not directly but like one of the biggest reasons that cubicle goes not cubicle that fizzle 
goes under in the first place because the AI determines, oh, well, Fizzle needs an app. And then the app is not, like, you know, underfunded and uh, basically rushed. The app fails, and so Cubicle fail or why do I keep saying Cubicle? Fizzle fails with with the app and goes under. Yeah. Alongside, you know, all of just the, the dubious business issues yeah. um, from Ray, etc. Yeah, so um, so you get up to the, the final boardroom, uh, and it turns out that AV has, in fact, killed the board of directors <laughs> and absorbed their brains. And she has some kind of convoluted plan to, like, use black magic to destroy a magnetic field around people's souls so she can finally know what people actually want. The magnetic field, by the way, is the privacy settings that are innate to every human soul yep. uh, that protects them from tampering Which, this comes so kind of, like, out of the blue, and it's so over the top, I kind of respect it for how hard <laughs> it commits to such a silly premise. Yeah. Uh, and then there's an awesome final boss fight on the roof where you fight against uh, Avi. Uh, and then you defeat Avi, and because uh, that means that Cubicle basically is destroyed, um, I guess your, your friends stay fish people forever, the end? Yeah, they don't, like, you. there's a big scene at the end where it's like, well, we're all unemployed now, but I guess we gotta, we, we can stick together and make a better better world and then there's just a slow zoom out while you're having a dance party and just everything is on fire yeah. <laughs> it feels appropriate yeah, it's, the it's not it's not like a a really like heartwarming ending it's a little bit like pretty cynical but the game is pretty cynical so it's kind of par for the course yeah it's it's appropriately bleak yeah. i would say um, there's also a side thing you can do, which I didn't really do much of, where on one of the runs you encounter, like, a shadow version of yourself. Um, and if you catch up to her, then she goes and lives in your mirror in your apartment, and you can, like, run a special, like, it's like a 14-level dungeon that's, like, super hard, and, um... Yeah, I didn't do I, that either. I don't know, there's achievements for it, but I didn't... <laughs> I didn't do it, so... I, I tried yeah. it once, and then I'm like, all right, this is for people who are, like, wanting a challenge, and I'm already, this is already, like, on the verge of too it's... hard for me, so. Yeah, that might be a good excuse to turn on the assist functions and see how they work. Yeah. Um, that, and that, I think, was part, like, that was, um, I think that was part of the working from home yeah, update. Yeah, so. So, it's not, like, part of the actual, like, the core game, yeah. so it's fine. Um. I, I also want to mention that this game is uh is all drawn and animated with the um what's it called the the corporate Memphis visual style that's become really popular yeah. for, for companies, Soulless. which is amazing. <laughs> like that's such a good yeah. touch. Um. All right. So favorite weapon combos. Agree that like. Uh, the the swingy ones like the hockey sticks are probably like among the best. I really loved the fan from the battle fan from Winky Dings because it's so fast. Yeah, the fan was great too. That was one of my favorites as well. Um, yeah, what? pretty much everything that was fast and like yeah. hit wide. Yeah, 
-hmm. Yeah, the wide hits are important because a lot of enemies, you can break their incoming attacks by hitting them. So you want to try and break as many enemies that are near to you as possible. And it's really easy to get surrounded. Yeah. Um, because you kind of, like the, you know, typically the doors are in the middle of a wall and it's not uncommon for there to just be four enemies in the four corners of the room and you're already surrounded when you walk in, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the like premise is that like every room has like four or five random weapons in it, and weapons break very quickly, so you're just constantly picking up new things. There's also a lot of junk in every room that you can just throw, um, mm -hmm. which throwing is apparently there are some really powerful builds you can do around throwing if you pick the right like skill perks, but I never really felt great about throwing. I usually only did it as a last resort. <laughs> Yeah, neither did I. And there's the whole, like, you can lock on, which I remember learning how to do in, like, the tutorial. And then I didn't play the game for a few days, and I came back, and I had forgotten how to do it. And I decided, I'm just going to play the game without locking on. It's called focusing. And you get a perk um, for, you know, you, you have a higher crit rate, I think, when you don't focus. Mm -hmm. So that worked out okay. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, the, the skills loadout was also, like, kind of an interesting mechanic. Um, my pinned skill ended up being the one that, like, revives you once if you die. Um, it only revives you mm -hmm. once with one heart, so it's kind of just, like, the same as having the extra heart skill to some extent. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think you get, like... I mean, I guess it's different in that it does give you, like, a chunk of... Um invulnerability yep. when you revive which is you know an extra helpful bit um but yeah functionally pretty similar yeah um other favorite skills included uh go-getter which just makes you like move and attack faster um <clears throat> probably the mvp skill that like i got the most use out of is the one that shocks everyone around you when you take a hit yeah i um yeah the 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 shock damage is awesome i i had really good luck with um good under pressure mm, yeah. which increases your crit rate when you're at low health just and often. um disruptive yeah and yeah it's like all the time and disruptive which adds shock to your crits yeah. so i remember the uh, the first time i fought the sticks coin boss i i spent probably like 80 percent of that fight at half a heart with both of those skills just equipped, unlocking him and over I, and over some, yeah every single hit Every single attack was a crit, so he was just completely stunlocked the entire yep. fight. It was so stupid, and it felt so yeah. great. And that's that's why I um, that's why I basically like just focused on stacking crit for the rest of the game, and it worked out all right. What uh, what skill did you end up pinning? Um, usually, um, oh god, what what's the one? Um, frick. I think. Typically, I had um, I had disruptive mm -hmm. pinned, um, and then I, you know, I prayed for, <laughs> I prayed for like crit, yeah. crit skills along the way, because that that shock damage is just too good. Because not only does it stun lock, but it also disarms. Yeah. So, very useful. Um, there was also there's also one that I used a lot uh, that I took most of the time when I could see, which is. Um like unapproachable which is just a little spinning blade that orbits you at all times yeah unapproachable is great but it has the caveat of it 
it damages weapons in the environment yeah. if you run into yeah. them. Which so you got to be careful. With not it. not a huge deal, but I also liked um, large and in charge and upper body strength, which both make your weapons bigger. Yeah. Or actually, I think large and in charge makes your weapons bigger, and then upper body strength makes you bigger. I think gives you it. It makes you bigger. But it also increases your attack, I think, um, if I remember correctly. And having having your weapons just be huge is really, really great. <laughs> really helpful for staying out of reach of everything. Yeah, a large new charge was nice. Mm -hmm. which I also took, like... I mean, large new charge I took a lot. Um, I took self-starter a lot. You deal Which more one? damage in the beginning of the fight. Interesting. Oh. I will say, um, there's so there's a series of uh, skills that are available for purchase with outside currency in the, um, in the, like, the fizzle offices. Um, and, the, you know, like, you buy, you pay to unlock them, and then they appear in the random rotation. I think I bought one of those and then didn't buy any of the others because I didn't like any of them more than the ones that were already in the rotation and I didn't want to water down the pool. Um I think that's I think that's how you get the um the one that increases your crit when you're not focused. Yeah, that could um, be. So I did at least um, that I was one. I was focusing a lot so it wouldn't have uh Yeah. done yeah. it. But the um like this, this led me to a whole long Twitter rant, complete with like, vi like visual graphics that I made on like why is this a recurring problem in, um, like in roguelikes where one of the quote unquote rewards is putting more things in the random rotation, which all that does is water down the chance that you will get a the thing you really want the most. And how yeah. that's not a reward unless you can also take things out of the random rotation. That's so true. I went on a very long mm. Twitter rant about that. Folks can find that on my Twitter if you want. But it's pretty I guess it's pretty it's... universal, I think, in roguelikes, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I guess in this one it has the benefit of like it didn't seem like it was that hard to um to you know get a skill endorsed that you could just pin it um all it would take is like because it gives you you get you do get like a ton of drops that you can pick from in any given dungeon and all it takes i guess is just kind of grinding until you have whatever skill you want pinned. yeah but, but yeah that's I, still I get like it. you know if i'm trying to do a build if i'm trying to do a build right like i need to get like three or four specific skills and yeah. like if I don't want to reduce the chances of me getting the skill I need at the right time with something that is only going to be like mediocre or like very contextually useful, right? So, yeah. Uh, um, oh, another skill that I remembered is good. I don't remember what it's called, but it's the one that makes you immune to um, element damage. So you can just uh, attach that and just set everything on fire in the dungeon, <laughs> which is really great. That does sound fun. It's also really useful in Winky Dink because Winky Dink has those environmental traps. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Winky Dink has uh, has these that. panels on the, the floor that will spout either fire or ice. Uh, but they also have a weapon that's like a fire extinguisher and a fire starter <laughs> that where you can just yeah. blow ice or fire at people <laughs> like continuously, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think Winky Dink was my favorite dungeon just because it had a lot... It had a lot going on. Yeah. 
yeah, there's some there's some good stuff there for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I also enjoyed a lot of the music. I really liked the final boss theme a lot. I kind of want to see if that's on like Spotify or something. Yeah, this game had a really good soundtrack. Um, this is like a soundtrack that I would just listen to probably on my own, um, which is I don't listen to a lot of game music, but there it is. Yeah, and I I like really liked you know the like chill being at fizzle music too so there's some good mm -hmm. there's some good themes um i feel like there was lots of other stuff i wanted to talk about but i i i don't like roguelikes as a rule because i don't like kind of the doing the same thing over and over in a procedural space but i think for me at least the difficulty was kind of well tuned in this game where i felt it always felt a little bit too hard, but I would get better and better. And as I like unlocked like the right uh, mentor perks and stuff, I would get just a little bit better and manage to get through and beat it. And so like the the feeling of constantly being on the verge of progression, like actually drove me to finish it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to like like uh you know fighty dungeon crawly roguelike mechanic stuff to really get into this i think um mm -hmm. but uh, yeah and also you know <laughs> the characters and the dialogue and kind of the quippiness of a lot of the stuff uh goes a long way for it in my opinion as well yeah it's the 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 overall character of the game is is it like it's it's cynical without feeling like too bleak, I guess. Yeah. If that, like, it's cynical in a fair way because yes, a lot of the like startup culture is really, really fucked. It's, it's like <laughs> it's it's kind of the millennial brand of like deeply sarcastic but cheerfully so to to hide how actually like fucked up and unacceptable everything is. Yeah. Um, which I you know. Is is a sad state, but is I feel like a pretty constant one for for a lot of people in our generation. Mm -hmm. I still hate the quippy dialogue thing, in including in this one. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. To each their own. Um, I I wish it was more spread out because it's kind of like every time you come back to the lobby, you can talk to everyone. And then eventually you just like exhaust all their dialogue and then you just can't talk to anyone. So that feels like oddly lumped, right? Like it's, it's, it's lopsided. Um, yeah. So I wish it would, you know, kind of like was a little bit more spaced out, but, uh, or maybe other dialogue options unlocked as you gained more mentorship levels or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, I I enjoy good quippy dialogue, so I was fine with it. Yeah. Uh, um, I feel like there's more to say, but I don't know if there is. It's uh, it's pretty simple game. Um, it's you know, it's well made, I think, and it's uh, it's it's weird and funny, and and has some pretty solid combat. Takes a little getting used to, but once you get into it, it's uh. Yeah, this is definitely one that's like, I enjoyed it. I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say about it. 
apart from, you know, everything we've already said, which I guess, I mean, I guess it's been an hour and most of that has been talking about the game, but you know. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. I, as I say, um, I, this is very much not my type of game. Like there's every reason why I shouldn't have enjoyed, uh, playing this game but it grew on me i like really came to uh like look forward to doing the next session um and mm -hmm. the the final boss fight is like really epic and and very cool and the you know a lot of it is the right amount of challenging so i think i think also like the the length of the dungeon is is helps with that it never feels like you gotta settle in for a really long yeah, time yeah you could just do one or two if little you runs don't want to yeah yeah, and it's, you know, a run is not going to take you that long. So, I don't think I like that. I, I do yeah. see the, like, the upside of it. But it felt so bad when you had, like, good stuff and had to finish it. Yeah, like, yeah and then you lose your yeah. stuff. But it would be nice if, uh, I, if you yeah. could, like, take whatever you ended a dungeon with in as your starting items for the next one. <clears throat> yeah that would be nice uh, yeah as i say this is like the first time i ever got over my like being precious with items and i was like screw it i'll just pick up whatever i find on the floor it's all gonna break anyway i was i was yeah. precious with items but with skills yeah the skills, yeah, skills was fun yeah it was sad to see them go i'm glad they let you pin one of them I feel like that was super important because, like, there are a bunch of them and some of them are, like, really vital once you get used to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but It would have no. been cool if there was a way to, like, you know, unlock the ability to pin two skills by, like, I don't know, getting everybody to Mentorship 3 or something like that. So, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I always pretty much pinned the same one. Yeah. Once I figured which out which one I was going to pin, I just... like, the opposite of, like, improvising, you know, the roguelike aspect of playing yeah. what you get. Yeah, but that's, I think that's why they only let you pin one, right? Is, like, it's a, it's a compromise. So, yeah, so that you can't, you can't pin an entire build. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a compromise between no, I, people like me who yeah. like really want to have a feeling of progression and actually bringing something back, and the roguelike mentality of like just just make do with whatever comes. I had a I had a few skills that I liked, and I I you know, I didn't I didn't have one pin skill that I always stuck with. I had like maybe maybe like a rotation of three. Okay. No. Yeah, no, for me it was the uh the revival one and then um that was pretty much it. <laughs> the entire game. Yeah. Um I the I think the only time I pinned something else was when I needed it for like a specific side quest that I was doing. Um yeah. where I'm like, "Oh, this one I have to buy something, so like let me pin the one that like makes everything in the shops cheaper." Um God, one of what oh that's the one that I really had to grind for. There was one side quest for Swamp. It's really hard where on the second floor shop of Stixcoin, um a game console appears and he wants you to buy this game console, but it's really expensive and it's only available for Stixcoin. 
um, presumably because, you know, graphics cards and crypto miners, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and usually by basement two, you don't have enough money to buy the thing. Um, it's possible that with a combination of the right perks, uh, you could get it. And it's possible also, I didn't check to see if Ray's mentorship skill that lets you buy things you can't afford uh, applies, but I doubt it because it's Stixcoin. Um, but the, yeah, so you yeah. pretty much just have to grind and go down there and keep having Swamp randomly shoplift something until he randomly shoplifts the cube, the, the like game cube that you want. Um, so that one took a bunch of tries and was kind of annoying. But uh, I like I, I like that conceptually, yeah. though, like this is a quest for Swamp. And in the end, he just shoplifts it for himself. <laughs> yeah. Like at your behest. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep I keep but, he keeps, know, I kept going down there and he kept shoplifting something else. And I kept being like, Swamp, come on, come on. I bought like every th practically everything else in the store. You had a 50 50 chance. Come on. Swampless. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The moral of the story is unionize. Yeah. Basically. So, anybody else yeah. uh, final thoughts on going under? I mean, nice game. I was just about to say, like, this game is one of the titles that I've forgotten more than the last game, and I couldn't remember what it was. So I had to look it up, and it was Minute of Islands. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I This one is less less forgettable. Minute of Islands, like, means nothing to me. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a combination of words that has no meaning, um, uh, like, contextually or out of context. Yeah, it's, to be fair, um, even, I was going to say, like, it's the, it's the minute that you spend, like, just taking a breather and enjoying life. But even in context, Minute of Islands is a weird way of phrasing that. Um, so, yeah, fair. Going, going yeah. Under is a good title for this game. It says what it is, and it's, you know, it communicates what the game is going to be, which is, like, a parody of startup culture. It did make me very happy that I, like, you know, like the people I work with at my company, and that it's well-managed. Yeah. I think the problem I had with title is it's just two common words. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty good, like, it's, it's not a ba uh, bad, but. Yeah, it's probably guess... bad for like search SEO for sure. Um, but. Yeah. It is what it is. It's a good, it's, I, I thought I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Um, it's not my like favorite game that we've ever played, but uh, it's not, it's definitely not one of the ones that like was a struggle to finish or like felt like a slog that I was not going to get through. Now I want to know what is yeah. your favorite game? I mean, we did that top 10 list. Um, yeah, true. And uh, back when, so I'm guessing it probably, whatever I said there probably still stands. I mean, you know, Outer Wilds is up there, Oberdin is up there, uh, Gris is up there. Um, 
Wintermore doesn't count because I made that game. Uh, oh, the soundtrack to Going Under is on Spotify. Yes. So, it's, so you gotta look that. up Program Your Brain. Yeah, it's such a good track. Yeah, bitter, bittersweet victory music is <laughs> is on the uh, nice. on the. I mean, obviously it is, but that's the last track on the album. Nice. Uh, Feedback Force Awards. What did I say my favorite game was when we did this? Uh, I said Undertale <laughs> was my favorite game. I, I think I stand by that. Uh, out With Outer Wilds in second. Um, I also have Rus pretty high on there. Um, you know, Cyanar Wild Hearts, Wander Song, Tacoma, Beginner's Guide, all of those are we're pretty high up there. But yeah, like Undertale, Outer Wilds, and I probably if I if I were redoing it today, I might move Return of the Oberdin up to third place. Um that one is uh is real solid. But yeah. I don't know. What's your favorite, Carl? I don't know. Stop asking questions. <laughs> For, for what it's worth, you said the beginner's guide on your list. Yeah, I know. I wanted to change it straight away, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we we spent like the last like week or two before the awards thing just constantly changing what our favorites were. Yeah, I'm trying to find where I'm trying to find the um uh was that in is that in is that in cheats? Where is I'm trying to find that spreadsheet. Yeah, it's uh it's called I'd... Feedback Force Awards. If you just okay. search it in your drive, I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I, I would put Return of Oberdin to one. Yeah, Kelso, you said Outer Wilds, and then Norwood Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's very on brand. But I mean, yeah, Outer Wilds, uh, definitely, definitely a big one. Got to play Echoes of the Eye. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um. Else. I gotta play Tales from know, my, Off Peak City. Turned on. Yeah, you do. It's not very long. I mean, none of them are very long. So I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the spreadsheet now. Frickin' Zumbinis. My eye is just drawn to Zumbinis. <laughs> played a lot of games. We have played. We've played. So we've many played games. over a hundred games for this. Uh, for this pod, it's. It's only, uh, I was reminded the other day that, uh, Mostly Walking played Full Throttle, and I had entirely forgotten that game. I don't remember it's that a, game. It's the, um, it's the point-and-click adventure that supposedly inspired oh. Psychonauts. Uh, because right. Tim Schafer wanted to put like a trippy dream sequence in the game, but they made him cut it because it was too weird. So he made it a whole game later. Yeah, and it's like Jack. I don't know if it's actually Jack Black, but it's a Jack Black looking guy as like a biker, and it's like a maybe post apocalypse or something. I don't remember. It's a not a very memorable game, is the thing. It got a lot of critique when it released for being too short, and it's that. like eight to ten hours. <laughs> that's not enough things that just randomly kill you and or and or like lock you out of progress so you have to restart the game and play it again uh mostly walking right now by the way has been playing quern if anyone's been watching that which is like a modern mist like 
um, that's been kind of interesting so far. What's really funny is that they had to turn off uh, shadows in order to get the frame rate to be decent, but it turns out that shadows are actually important for some of the puzzles. Why would you have the option to turn off shadows if you need them for the puzzles? I think they just... I mean, I guess for... I mean, I don't know. That just seems like a weird... Yeah, so basically what happens is when they get to a puzzle where shadows are necessary, they have to, like, turn on shadows, like, record whatever they need to for the puzzle, and then, like, restart the game. Like, save and reset. It seems... It seems really goofy that critical shadows uh, are affected by that, but I don't... I don't, I don't yeah. know. That's just... Yeah, a, I think a, it's... An interesting it's thing. Not, it, it definitely reads not like... It, it reads like an oversight, like they didn't test it well with shadows off and didn't realize that that was going to break some things. Because it's it's less like, oh, this shadow is specifically the solution, and more like, oh, this lighting change means that the thing that's supposed to glow on the wall isn't glowing properly, so you can't really see it. Ah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but no. Yeah. So that's going on. Uh on Mondays. I don't know if they're meeting this Monday. They took last Monday off. I don't know if it's still uh, on vacation or not, but uh, I, pr I won't get to see this Monday because I'm going to be um, playing more Outer Wilds with friends. <laughs> but uh, mm. but I'll have to catch up on the VODs. Uh, and also uh, Seanbo keeps threatening to start um, the Forbidden City, which I'm super excited to see. Oh, that nice. sounds like a really like interesting game. I recently watched a Jacob Geller essay where he was talking about uh, the idea of buried cities and he like kind of outlined that game and I'm like this is a really cool concept um, short version there's a there's a mysterious city and it's full of like golden statues of people frozen in place uh, that seem to be the result of some kind of like divine punishment where if one person does something bad then everyone in the city gets like frozen into golden statues and it's yeah. fucked up and weird and sounds like it's got some like cool stuff to dig into as you go further into the game so anyway um yeah so that's this game uh going under uh yeah. if you like roguelikes and dungeon crawls try it out and if you don't like roguelikes or dungeon crawls, then I guess you can you'll have a better time with uh, our next game, which has no combat. I think, as far as I am aware, um, and maybe if I'm wrong, then uh, fuck me, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, the next game we're playing is um, Sable from Shedworks, which I don't I don't know a lot about other than it looks beautiful. The game that we've been following it's... for like literally years, based solely on their shaders. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Um, but it's it looks like kind of a, a explore around the desert, drive your motorcycle. Um, it, it, very cool, very cool looking shaders and big open desert environments. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter um, compare it to a short hike, which has me super intrigued because it doesn't look like it would have anything in common with a short hike, just from kind of the the visuals and the the trailers and stuff. But uh, I, you know, I liked it. I really liked a short hike. So I am all entirely down for like sh short, relaxing game if that's what this indeed is. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know how short it is, but yeah, it seems it's, like it's, it's definitely relaxing. How long to beat says like seven to 16 hours, depending on how completionist you are. So 
Mm-hmm. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully um, I'll have time to play it around how much Outer Wilds I'm going to be playing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We Yeah, we all got lots of games yeah, to play. Yeah, it's fine. My, it's... Uh, my friends are out of town next weekend, so they won't be able to play with us anyway. So that'll give me time to play this. Yeah, and I've been I've been deep in um, Lost Judgment, but um, that's on the PS5. And also, uh, my boyfriend has gotten really into um, Days Gone, that very generic uh, open world biker zombie game. And he's really into that for reasons that uh, completely escape me. We've been fighting over the PS5 because of it. Um, but maybe I'll let him play his dumb game and I'll play Sable. Yep. You can both you can Not both be bikers. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Sable has a cooler bike. Yeah, that's almost certainly true. But you know, Ev did customize his in-game bike to be bright pink, <laughs> which is probably not something you can do in Sable, but who knows. Yeah, but not a bad not a bad visual choice. Anyway, yeah, that's where we're at. Yep. I also um, want to make another plug for Beast Breaker in case uh like people haven't heard of it or something. That's not the game we're playing next. I don't know if we'll end up playing it for the pot or not. But it's uh it's Asher's first game as like the director of a studio. Um so you know give that game some love. It's real fun. It's uh it's very crunchy. It's good. I would like to play it for the pod, I think at some point. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Um... maybe maybe once things have calmed down a bit, Asher will want to come on and chat about it with us. Yeah. That would be nice if we can swing that. Uh, or if, uh, you, dear listener, would like to come on the podcast and talk about any future games that we play, you can do that by, uh, getting at us at, on Twitter at Feedback Force, um, or, you know, hopping on the Discord and saying, hey, please, please let me do pod with yep. you. We will, we will say yes. Yep. You can also come <laughs> on to our Discord to just chat with us about games or to recommend other games that we should play. If you, too, have one in the deluge of amazing indies coming out that you think needs more attention. Yeah. So many games. Um, And if you don't want to do that, that's cool, too. You can still find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Kelso Timebomb. Not doing a lot, but I'm still there, lurking in the shadows. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Kyla underscore go. Uh, I recently retweeted. We had an interview that we did, like, several months ago a while back uh, for Wintermore with a group called Hit Save who are um, like game archivists and historians and so they not only did we end up giving like uh, you know I think like probably nearly two hour interview uh, with them they also uh, are hosting a lot of our design docs from the game so if you want to see a lot about how Winter War, Wintermore was made, sort of like what some of the behind-the-scenes process looks like. Um, check that out on my Twitter. Uh, and or get my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, on Steam, on uh, PS4, and uh, Xbox One, and Switch. All things. Yeah. And you can follow my Twitter, at Skug3, or you can buy Wintermore Tactics Club. <laughs> Yeah, or you can buy one or more Tactics Club, Tactics Club, and uh, draw a horse. Do it. The choice is yours. Yep. <laughs> Always a good choice. Yeah, you know, you can even draw a horse uh, without buying the game, but I don't recommend yeah. it. Why would you like? You know, if you're gonna draw a horse, why not buy the game, right? Then at least yeah, you'll get exactly. something out of it. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, uh, that's been the podcast. Yeah, we'll see you in hopefully two weeks, unless we are also busy playing other games that it takes us three weeks to play table. But hopefully two weeks. Yeah. Well, hopefully two weeks because I don't. I is it, let's see. Is it three weeks that I can't pod? Yeah, it's three weeks from now that I can't pod. So it's 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 got to be two unless we're making it a full month. Yep. Um, so because I'm gonna be. We'll see, folks. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be rough. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, yep. and we'll see you whenever the next episode is. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>